We have uh, just an opportunity this morning to hear from some different people, and that's what we're going to do as we look forward into 2020. So this is the last Sunday of uh, 2019. Can you believe it? So uh, it's been a, a good year. There have been some challenges, I know, personally for me that I've been learning and growing through, and God's been working, and, and I don't know what He's been doing in your life but it has become really clear to me that God is good, He's awesome, He is to be adored, He is to be known, and, and that is what I want to spend 2020 doing, is getting to know God all the more. And I hope you do too. And uh, one of the things, uh, in order for us as a church, I think, to do that and do that well, is to not only study together His Word, be together in His Word and in prayer, but also make sure we're doing our part to get that message and the gospel and the truth out to other people. And so when we started Involved Church back in 2015, our heart's desire is still the same as it is today, and that is we want people to know about Jesus Christ. We want to get into the trenches. We want to work with people. Uh, At times it's difficult. There are times where you feel tired, times where you feel like you want to throw up your hands and you say, God, I don't know how to help this. I don't know how to fix this. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help this area of Nampa. I don't know how to help my neighbors, but yet we still want to do it because we're passionate about giving the gospel of Jesus Christ to people and giving them the hope that comes with that. And so that's what we want to do as we look again into 2020. And so our theme is is reaching out. And we're going to be talking about that. And I've asked uh, for this morning, asked the elders to each just talk a little bit about their heart and and their passion and their desire to go out into the community and do this. And so there are two questions I asked them to respond to. The first one is, what passage of Scripture challenges you the most to step out of your comfort zone and reach others for Christ? And to explain that. And then secondly, what are you asking Jesus to accomplish through the life of Involved Church in 2020, and what are your plans to help Involve accomplish that goal? So that's what they're going to be talking about, and I just kind of prime the pump a little bit for them. Uh, When we start, next week I'm going to go ahead and kind of give my view on those two questions as we launch into January and February and 2020 and really explain our vision for 2020 even more. And then we'll jump into after that, January 12th, we're going to jump into our study on Romans. So really excited about that. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good study. We're going to do something that's a little bit different. I haven't done it. I don't know if you've been part of a church that's done this, but I'm going to try to teach through as much of the passage as, as quickly as I can and, and with as much depth, not going probably too deep or as deep as some of you would want to go to, but also going deeper than, than maybe we've gone in the past and try to go through that passage. But then I want to provide about five to ten minutes at the end where during the message you can actually text in. And we're going to do this for January. You know, try it. See how it goes. If it's well-received, then we can continue it. If it flops, then we'll just move on and pretend like it never happened. How about that? Um, but in, in, what we'll do is we'll have you text in a question. And, and Luke's, I think the plan right now is Luke's going to be going through and, uh, and, and picking, like if we get a lot of questions, he's just going to go through and pick. Or he's going to pick the ones that don't sound too divisive from some of you people. I'll, no, none of you would do that, of course. But if it's just a question of clarity, 
you know, like, hey, you mentioned this, or there's this verse here, and maybe you didn't touch on it or something like that, then, um, then you'll be able to ask that question, and, and he'll give me that question, and I'll try to address it there. Uh, if, for some reason, that question can't be addressed, then our plan is, we'll see how this goes, our plan is maybe during the week, do a video, put it out there, and you guys uh, will hopefully have those questions answered. So that's what we want to try to do, provide a little more interaction, and, and we're going to try that again, like I say, for the month of January, and if by the end it's like, man, this is going great, it really seems to be a good way to teach the passage, um, then we'll probably continue it. If it flops, we'll just ignore it and forget about it, so... Uh, that's, that's a little bit about what's going on, but for today, we are going to talk about this subject of reaching out. So, speaking of reaching out, there was a guy that wanted his Coke, and so he talked to his friend. He said, hey, would you hand me, and he reached out, would you hand me that Coke? And he threw the Coke at him, hit him in the head, but it's all right. He's okay, because it was a soft drink, so. Okay, there we go. You got, always got to have some kind of corny joke, right? Uh, you guys have come to expect it, so I've got to provide for it. Uh, but reaching out is really our heart's desire, and we have several elders. You may or may not know that, but we want to have each one of them provide a little bit of their heart, share their heart with you, so that you can see what it is for our leadership team, what it means to go out, reach out to our community, and see that it, it exists among all of our leaders, it's not just me, it's not just Luke talking about it, but when we get together, we all have this passion and this desire and this heart to reach our community for Christ. So we're going to start off with Dan Riles, and he's going to come and share, and then we'll go through each of the elders, and then by the end, I'll wrap it up, and, and that'll be our message, and hopefully it's encouraging to you. Let's, let's pray, and then Dan, wherever you are, there you are, you can go ahead and come on up. Father, we thank you for this day. It is truly a blessing to be a church, a body of Christ that loves you and loves others and is doing what we can. And maybe we can do more to get out there and love our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I pray, God, as we go through these thoughts and, Lord, as we hear from the leadership here at the church that, that it would become really clear that each one of us has a purpose here at Involved Church it's to be involved in the body of Christ so that together we can accomplish a lot more. And so, God, I pray that uh, we'll be stirred up, we'll be challenged, we'll be encouraged to take our faith and grow in it personally and step out into this community and reach people with the truth that saves them and gives them eternal hope. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Dan, come on up. So, uh, I kind of cheated. We were supposed to do one verse, but I grabbed two verses. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live, live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself up for me, and loved me, and delivered himself. Some say gain. Hopefully I got that right. Gave himself? Okay. Um, one of the things that's always struck me about this verse is that Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, didn't say, we have been crucified with Christ. And at the end where it says, gave himself up for me, he didn't say, gave himself up for us. He could have, and it still would have been appropriate.
but it really has pointed out to me that my relationship is personal. And because he died for me, it becomes the most important thing in my life. And because of that, I have eternal life. Is that not great? And because of that, I've always thought, shouldn't I want to share that? (laughs) That personal, in-depth relationship that you have with Christ is everything to a believer. And so that verse has always encouraged me that, oh, I have this personal, one-on-one relationship with the Son of God, God himself. And so I want to make sure that's always challenged me to, oh, okay, you've got eternal life. What about those around you? The other verse is a simple verse. Most of you probably know it, Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And it's always reminded me that while I was in my sin, before I came to know Christ, I was dead in my trespasses and sins. And yet God loved me so much that he put, he didn't just go, bing, Dan, believe in me, did he? With a little magic wand. But through my life, he used individuals as messengers to me. My grandmother, Willie, I know she prayed for me. (laughs) My mother, definitely, she told me after I came to know the Lord, oh, yeah, I've been praying for you for years. Um, Another really important person to me was Ryan's uncle, Pastor Mel Frank, just preaching the word at Meridian First Baptist, the word of heaven and hell and that there is, and that he opened my eyes that, yeah, Dan, you are a sinner and you need help. But then one very special person, um, Cheryl Shiflett, and maybe some of you know her, her and her husband have been missionaries to Spain for many years, and uh, her testimony of how she came to know the Lord God used to finally open my eyes that, Dan, you are a sinner and you need my son. And so what that verse really motivates me to be is a messenger. I want my life as I lead it to be a message to people, but I also want to be used by him. So how do I do that? I think the first and foremost thing in my life is to pray every day. God, use me. I can't tell you how many times when I, and I'll be honest, I'm not always doing it every day, which I hope you hold me to the fire because that's what I want to be is in my heart to be saying, use me. And when I do that, it's amazing how many times God has just opened the door for a clerk at Lowell's. And here we get into a spiritual discussion that they bring up or like this guy at Home Depot, same thing. He was a believer, but yet he had not been going to church. And so how can you involve church help me hold my feet to the fire? Please come up and ask me, Dan, how are you doing? Are you still praying that prayer? You want to be used? So do that. And then also involve church is great for resources. I have an instance right now. An individual wants to go through a Bible study with me. I'm coming to involve church to get material. They've got the resources. And so resources we can use, but also please pray that God is just using me.
Thanks, Dan. Uh, so if he cheated with two verses, I cheated with 22 or 25 verses or something. So I've uh, got quite a few here for you, um, but it's all one passage, okay? So um, if, you have, uh, if you have your Bible or a Bible app, go ahead and open to Acts 20, 17 through 38 so that you can follow along with this passage. Um, and it says this, Now from Miletus, this is talking about Paul, from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and summoned the elders of the church. When they came to him, he said to them, You know, from the first day I set foot in Asia, how I was with you the whole time, serving the Lord with all humility with tears, and during the trials that came to me through the plots of the Jews. You know that I did not avoid proclaiming to you anything that was profitable or from teaching you publicly and from house to house. I testify to both Jews and Greeks about repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus. And now I am on my way to Jerusalem, compelled by the Spirit, not knowing what I will encounter there, except that in every town the Holy Spirit warns me that chains and afflictions are waiting for me. But I consider my life of no value to myself. My purpose is to finish my course and the ministry I receive from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of God's grace." And now I know that none of you, among whom I went about preaching the kingdom, will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all of you, because I do not avoid declaring to you the whole plan of God. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Men will rise up even from your own number and distort the truth to lure the disciples into following them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for three years. I never stopped warning each one of you with tears. And now I commit, to you, uh, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You, are, you yourselves know that I worked with my own hands to support myself and those who are with me. In every way, I've shown you that it is necessary to help the weak by laboring like this and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus because he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And after Paul said this, he knelt down and prayed with all of them. There were many tears shed by everyone. They embraced Paul and kissed him, grieving most of all over his statement that they would never see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. So uh, this passage for me, actually over the years, has been has just kind of stuck with me. And it's one of those that I find myself pausing at over and over again um, when I read through Acts. Um, a couple of things that I've noticed, um, spent most of my time reading scripture, so this is going to be very short, but uh, the first one is that Paul does not let fear take over, but instead he continues to speak the truth to the Ephesians. Uh, I take that to mean he presses into difficult conversations and situations. Um, this might seem weird as we're talking about outreach for me to talk about pressing into difficult conversations and situations, um, but I think that uh, part of uh, the attractiveness of the church is that we care enough about one another to uh, press into those difficult conversations and say, hey, um, live for Jesus. Let's do this together. Let's walk in step and let's love one another uh, enough to uh, step into those difficult situations. That's very attractive and that doesn't happen very often, uh, pressing into speaking the truth. And so I've, I put here, I resolve to not shrink back from the difficult conversations 
but instead to do my best to press into conflict so that I and others may grow in our faith and walk with God. And the second point from this passage, even after spending a lot of time with the Ephesians, he does not move on from the very important job of sharing the gospel. Um, Although Paul has spent many years with them, the gospel is still just as vital on the last day he was with them as it was on the first day. Um, And this tells me that I and we should never grow tired of sharing the gospel with one another. It's not just an elementary thing. It's not just a come to faith thing. It is an everyday thing for the rest of our lives. We preach the gospel of grace to one another. And so I resolve this year to share my faith with at least one person each week in 2020. That might be you, okay? Even if you have believed, but we need to remind each other that there is grace in Jesus Christ, that he is alive and at work in our lives, and that the gospel that was good for us on the first day is good for us on the last day too. And a third thing from this passage, um, at the very end, it's clear that these men shared a close bond with one another. Uh, They were were so close that there was crying as Paul was sent out. And I believe this to be one of the most attractive aspects of the church. We share a bond that is deeper than blood family. In a world that's starving from loneliness, isolation, feelings of inferiority, and lostness, The thought of a family like that makes Christianity extremely attractive. And uh, so people should look at us and know that we're Christians by our love for one another, John 13, 35. So I resolve to make myself available to my family and my church family through thick and thin, even at the expense of myself at times, speaking the truth in love both in corporate settings and one-on-one, and... I resolve to pursue a more than once or twice per week contact with people in my church family. If people know that we are followers of Jesus by our love for one another, one of the most important things I can do is to love you all well. And so those are my resolutions for this coming year. Uh, Tim. Thanks, Pastor Luke. Well, we did not uh, coordinate what we are going to talk about today, but one of my points is going to sound very similar to the ones Luke just made. Uh, I'm using the passage from uh, Mark 10. It's the story of the rich young ruler that I'm sure many of you are are familiar with. It says this, starting in verse 17. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt down before him, that being Jesus, And asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked him. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. He said to him, teacher, I have kept all these from my youth. Looking at him, Jesus loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But he was dismayed by this demand, and he went away grieving because he had many possessions. There's two key points here that are the challenge for me right now. Jesus loved this young man. Some might read in this passage and think that Jesus gave an unreasonable answer to the question. Um, But Mark tells us that, that Jesus looked at him and loved him. And Jesus loved him enough 
to tell him what he needed to hear. Jesus was willing to tell this young man uh, a very difficult thing to give away all his possessions. But Jesus did that out of love because he knew that this man's wealth was the very thing keeping him from following God. So how that challenges me is this. Um, If I truly care about someone, I should be willing to have a potentially difficult or uncomfortable conversation with them. As Pastor Luke mentioned, that may mean a fellow believer. I think the biggest challenge for me is sharing my faith with unbelievers. I tend to be a conflict avoider. I don't want to have difficult conversations. I don't like debating. Um, But this concept tells me here, this, this passage of Scripture and through other things that I feel like God's been bringing in front of me, is that I need to be willing to do that out of love for the people around me. So again, um, first, I I need to care personally for people. I need to care about their eternal destiny. I need to see people around me as eternal souls who need God. But too often, I don't take the time to really get to know them. I'm at work with many people I know who are not believers, but I never go beyond that working relationship with them. And so I need to do better at that. And I need to demonstrate to these people that I do care for them. I need to show them that I love them and I care about them personally. So if I truly love them and I care for them, that puts me in a place to be willing to have this conversation with them. And if they know that I care about them, hopefully that puts them in a place where they can receive the conversation that we're having and know that it's coming out of love. So uh, the challenge for me this year is is to love people better, to demonstrate more clearly that I do love and care about them, and to be willing to speak the truth to them out of love. As far as um, what I'm praying for for Involved Church for this coming year, um, first that that our focus as a church would continue to be what God wants it to be. Um, that we continue to seek God and his direction above everything, and that we don't get too preoccupied with the mechanics of doing church. Sometimes we can get very busy with with plans and setting up and tearing down, and all that stuff's necessary, but that's not our focus. Um, so I'll be praying that we just we keep our focus on God and what he wants us as a church to be. Uh, I'll be praying that We would see a lot of new people come in our doors who are searching for answers and that they would see this as a safe place to come and seek answers and ask questions and that they will be loved and accepted and that we will do our best to guide them into truth. And third, um, I'll be praying, and I hope you'll join me in this, that God would provide us with another uh, person to be our resident in our residency program Um, a person who's interested in planning churches and wants to learn how to minister that um, can come in and work with us and can minister to us as we minister to them and then uh, hopefully send them off and and into a, a new work. So that's all I have. Thanks, Tim. Some similar themes here. Um, I'll probably share mostly scripture, but uh, 
few comments. Uh, my, I guess uh, I appreciate, Dan, you sharing your personal testimony. For me, that at the root of it is who is Jesus and who he is to me, and that impacts our witness to uh, people who don't know Christ, I think, the most. And then that develops uh, out of that knowledge of that love he has for us. We develop love for others. Uh, but let me read this. Uh, I guess, in general, I would say the most challenging thing for me in Scripture um, along the way uh, has been a lot of what Paul has written. Uh, and so I've got some, some verses from Paul, uh, which we'll actually get to study through here uh, in the coming year. First one from Romans 1. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. I think for me, um, especially in my early years of faith, um, I didn't necessarily have a strong faith. Um, I was still worried a lot about what people thought of me in uh, high school years, things like that. And so this, uh, this verse meant a lot to me uh, just to be reminded um, that the gospel is not something to be ashamed of, and, uh, but also because it's not something that I, I do to change somebody. Um, it's the power of God uh, for salvation, um, and it's for everybody. And so we shouldn't leave anybody out for any reason because we feel uncomfortable. I know uh, uh, both Tim and Luke have mentioned um, uncomfortable conversations, but um, there's absolutely uh, no reason. Paul certainly left no uh, stone unturned in terms of people he was reaching out to. And so uh, we've talked a little bit about that uh, as we went through um, the story of Jonah and who are your Ninevites, uh, who are the people that, that we would just rather not have ever acquainted at all. <laughs> um, there are people that are difficult in our lives, but they, uh, they may need to know Jesus uh, if they don't already. And so we need to be ready and willing to do that. And that's been a challenge for me. Um, and I think as we look, as uh, Rachel and I have looked at planting a church in Garden City, when we initially went through that thought process and, and prayerfully considered where we would plant and how we would plant, um, really God just kind of opened our hearts to um, different kinds of people, uh, people that we aren't, we don't necessarily have, uh, uh, I guess, a life history that matches with uh, a lot of people that are living down there, uh, but he's opened our hearts to, to being willing and open to do that. And so we've taken steps forward in that way. Um, I want to say two things about Paul that encouraged me and challenged me. Um, uh, it seems like two things motivate him. One is a confidence in God, or sorry, a confidence in his God-given identity. Uh, one is an apostle of Christ and his purpose to spread the gospel. He's just laser-focused on that. He knew what God called him to do. And so part of that for me is just uh, being close enough to God that I know what he's asking me to do. Um, and then secondly is an intense love for the lost. So this is a second uh, scripture that I have to share with you from Romans chapter 9. He says, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience testifies to me through the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the benefit of my brothers and sisters, my own flesh and blood. And so to me, this is one of the most astounding statements somebody could make about uh, their faith in Christ, about their love for people, actually. Um, if, if we really believe that, 
a relationship with Jesus Christ is the best thing now and forever, that we would be willing to sacrifice that so that somebody else could have it. Um, that's the kind of love that I want to have for people. And I think that's the type of love that, that Tim and, and Luke are talking about when they're wanting to have these difficult conversations. It's not about scoring points on some system or um, achieving something for themselves, but it's because uh, we want to see people enjoying a relationship with Jesus because that's the best thing they could ever, ever have. And so uh, I have a whole bunch more written here, but I think I'm going to leave it at that. Um, in terms of what I'm praying for, uh, for, for myself and for you all, is just a deeper conviction that life with Jesus is really, truly the best thing now and forever. Uh, recognizing that there are people around me that don't really know what life with Jesus is about. And so there's some, some gospel work to do, some conversations to be had. Um, to develop deeper personal connections and long-term care of relationships developed through our personal outreach and our church events. Uh, it can be easy, I think, at times to do some events or gather some people and feel like we're doing evangelism or we're doing outreach. Uh, but if we don't follow up and engage in relationships and continue those relationships, continue those conversations, then those are lost opportunities, potentially. And so we want to just continue to do that, uh, engage with people. Um, and then lastly, that, that involved church, that the culture here um, would be one where gospel conversations and stories about gospel encounters become natural and normal. And so um, that's just something I've been praying for uh, and trying to change the way that I engage with uh, you all here on Sundays and in life groups, um, that we would... Um, because we're having more conversations on our own, that we would have more opportunity to share those conversations with each other about how God's moving in the lives of people, um, how those conversations are changing people's minds about what they think about Jesus, what they think about the Bible, what they think about church, um, and that we could share those and be encouraged by one another. So uh, that's what I'm praying for this year. Well, thanks. You can see we have a great group of guys that are helping uh, lead the church. If you didn't know, uh, Dan just actually had surgery on Friday on his neck. That's why I think that's why he's wearing a turtleneck. But uh, no. <laughs> uh, he's a little stiff, but he wanted to come and share. And so um, I appreciate his, his heart and his passion for, for you as a church and, and the rest of these guys. It's a blessing to be able to serve with them. But uh, really the reason I wanted them to come and share is to then give you that same question. And, and that question is this, what are you asking Jesus to accomplish through the life of Involved? So in your prayer life, what are you asking him to accomplish through the life of Involved Church in 2020? And what are your plans to help Involve accomplish that goal? Sometimes we can, in a church setting, we can say, oh, it's great to be part of a church that's accomplishing that and to attend on a Sunday morning. But the question needs to be, and one of the reasons why we're even called Involved Church is that each of us would be part of that mission. Not just say, oh, it's great to be part of that church by showing up and being a spectator, but actually be involved in the work of the ministry. We're about involving people in the life of Christ and involving Christ in the lives of people. It's about coming together. It's about being the body of Christ 
It's about what Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 talk about, how there's a hand and a foot and a mouth and a nose, and each one of them is equally important, and each person is doing their part. So, yeah, we have leaders that come and help guide and counsel and shepherd, but they're doing that with the body of Christ, each one of us doing our part. There's no doubt. I'm sure for everybody in here, if I ask the question, can we accomplish more together, everybody would say yes, right? Do we really believe that? We say it, but do we really believe it? One of our core values that involve church is authenticity, that what we say, we actually do. We can say a lot of things. We can talk the talk, but we have to walk the walk. And it's just not about memorizing facts, and it's not about being able to even share those facts with other people. It's about living those things out. One of the things that's really uh, hit me hard this year as I've been thinking about prayer in my own life and my own relationship with God is simply this fact. When we get together and we pray, I'll oftentimes try to challenge people, hey, let's, let's spend a little bit of time just adoring God. And that's, what? what is that? What is adoring God? Well, it's just praising God for his character, his attributes, all those types of things. And we'll start out and we'll talk about God and his character, but very quickly it goes to thanksgiving. And then we talk about we're thanking God for what he's done for me. And I think there's a reason for that. At least for me, and my, my conviction is, I don't know that I know God so well that I can just keep adoring him in his character. Usually my focus is so much on me that I'm thankful for what he's done for me, but I don't stop and just adore him and love him and look at his character and say, I can rattle off all of these truths about who God is because I know them to be true. He's a big God. And whether I'm in the picture or not, he exists. And I ought to be able to adore him. I ought to be able to spend a lot of time just in adoration and praise for his character and who he is. It's a very personal relationship we have with God. And so certainly, there's a lot of things we're thankful for. But we also need to be reminded all the time that God is this awesome, powerful God, and He is beyond our understanding. And we can spend all eternity learning about who He is and still not know Him fully. So we can press into him. And the more we press into him, the more we're amazed. And the more we're amazed, the more we want to share that truth with other people. You see, it's pretty clear that we all have a passion about something. Pretty sure I can ask anybody in this room, what are you passionate about? And it could be, it could be a study of some kind. It could be music. It could be uh, electronics or entertainment or gaming or something like that. We're passionate about those things. And we can talk about those things. And we know all about those things. And then we say, hey, how about God? How much do you know about God? Well, I know about the Bible. And I know about church. And I know about some of these things. But are we so passionate about him that we're so on fire with him that we're able to tell other people? about him. That ought to be our passion. That ought to be our love. 
so enamored by him that we can't keep it inside. But we we have a hard time doing that. And it's a lot like what these guys shared. We get distracted. We go other directions. We, we have fears that pop into our minds. We have to go through those hard conversations, and we don't take the steps forward. So what is it? What are you asking Jesus to accomplish through the life of the church? And what are you going to do to get there? Think about that for a little while. And next week, we're going to talk about it more. So I want to invite you back. There's some great things that are happening next week as we look at 2020 and some of the things that are going on. I also just, I'll drop this for you just to encourage you back a little bit. Next week, I'm excited to reveal the name of a person that we want to pour into that potentially would become a future pastor, a future leader in a church. In 2020, we can start working with him. We can start teaching him. We can start helping him. And he's already doing active ministry. He's already serving so much already. It's almost easy to say, you know what? You can just sign off now. But he's got some more training, more leading, and he wants to do this. And it's awesome to be able to partner with someone like that. So God's doing things. And we're part of it. Praise God for that. What an awesome privilege to be part of a church that's continuing to go out there and to teach people the gospel. So ask yourself that question. We're going to to just pray. We're going to have the the worship team come up. I know sometimes we have a reflective time, but I want you to be thinking about that really not just for two minutes here, all throughout the week. Just boil it down, even if it's just what can I do with Involved Church this year? What will God use me to do? Something like that. Just think about it through the week. Pray about it through the week. And ask God, God, how can you use me in the life of Involved Church? So we'll pray, and we'll have the worship team come up, and, uh, and that'll be our service for today. And as I said earlier, I hope that it encouraged you to hear the hearts of your leadership team here that involve. Well, Father, we do come before you, and we adore you for who you are. A God who is all-powerful, a God who knows all things. You knew us before we were ever created, You knew our personalities. You knew the number of hairs on our head. You knew the people that we would would engage in. You knew the people that we would share the gospel with. You are all-knowing. You are so powerful. You are forgiving and gracious and loving and kind and gentle. As Jonah said, Lord, those characteristics motivate you to reach out and love other people. And in a world that's so hurting, in a world that's so hopeless and looking for for hope and and they're looking for help, you're there and you are full of hope and help. And yet, we go our own way. And we're guilty of it. We trust in ourselves. We trust in our own minds and ability to think through things and reason. We trust our own hearts and feelings rather than just simply trusting you. Father, forgive us. Thank you that you do have that characteristic, that you do forgive us. There are so many people around us, Father, and, and you see them more than we do. They need the gospel. They need the truth. And so we want to take that message. We want to be used by you. 
Lord, open up conversations for us. May even this week, we don't have to wait till 2020. It could be today, it could be tomorrow. Lord, help us in those conversations point people to you. Help us know you more and be so excited and so passionate about you and so in love with you that we want to share it. We can't hold it inside, that we just have to share it with people. Because you are our hope. Father, I pray that we would we would pursue you and press into you. So thank you for this morning. I thank you for the leadership team here and, and, and how they also encourage me to do this and reach out. I thank you for our church and the people that help us. Each, each part is part of your plan. So thank you for bringing us together. I give you all the praise and glory for what you have done. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.